Welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, truth seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasdale. Welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, motivational multimedia coach, Christine Blasdale. And today, I am actually very excited about today's show because my guest is Mark Joseph, who is the co-founder of babyboomer.org. And if you're a baby boomer, if you're a Gen Xer, this is definitely for you. I am so excited because I want to talk about, Mark, I want to talk about this this explosion of creativity and entrepreneurs who are creating their own business at a much later in life uh, time frame, especially compared to our grandparents, <laughs> our parents and our grandparents. So I'm so excited to have you on Out of the Box with Christine. Welcome, Mark. Oh, so appreciate you inviting me. Thank you so much. Yes. So, I mean, I've noticed my my clients, right, that they these are mostly uh, predominantly women that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, I have quite a few that are in their mid 70s, but I find that there is this explosion of talent and a resurgence of, of people starting their own business later in life. And I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on this and, and also how we can support them because I know you're a wonderful entrepreneur yourself. Well, let's talk about the the baby boomers, say, just here in the USA, okay, because it's worldwide. I'll just kind of concentrate on the ones that are over here in the USA. And there are still 12 million baby boomers who own their own businesses. So step away from that. Think about that. Those are, those are these businesses, 12 million of them are still owned. So you've still got these active baby boomers that are, that are, that are, that have these businesses. Now, you know, what's going to happen in a few years? Are they going to pass them on to their kids? They're going to sell them. They're going to stay in them. Uh, but, but they're there. So that's a huge number. And that's something we should think about is why are so many of these baby boomers still entrepreneurs and owning their own businesses? I, th I think it tends to be that at, at this point in life too, you know, I've done the whole thing of working for, I've, I've worked for a company. I've worked for a nonprofit organization. I worked for others and I did the work, you know, I did all the, I did the stuff I loved and I did the stuff I didn't love so much, you know, uh, it was kind of like being a teenager and getting your allowance and you have to do, you have to do certain things. Right. So I, I found myself though, after 20 something years too, um, making a lot of money for, someone else. <laughs> and I was like, at some point too, I was kind of thrust into, into starting my own business. Um, but I found out, I was like, you know, what if I took all that energy and my creativity and focused it on something that I really was passionate about? And that's the common denominator that I see with my clients that come to me that are in their fifties, sixties, seventies, is that they're really passionate about something and they want to share their wisdom or their expertise with the world. Whereas before they were fitting, they were fitting in like a, a like a cog in a machine type thing. You know, they were, they were doing a certain thing uh, to help a company um, grow or expand. And 
for the like really for the first time and a lot of times the kids have you know they're they're old enough that they've left the nest the empty nesters so they say but they're in a, in a place right now where they feel that they can express themselves and can do what they're really super passionate about and that's what i that's what i love uh, i mean personally i just i just love fostering that and supporting that as much as i can well let, let's talk about small businesses and medium-sized businesses you know don't lose sight that 50 percent of them fail in the first five years okay you know and let, let's talk about why, why do they fail why do why do all these businesses fail in the first five years well 42 percent of them fail uh, because they don't have the right market or they don't have the right product you know, I learned early on in my career when I was uh, the buyer for a department store that, that you buy for your customers. You don't buy for yourself. You've got to be able to understand your customers. So what happens is, you know, 40% of these businesses fail because you think you've invented the greatest thing since sliced bread, but it doesn't work. There's no market out there. You haven't done your research. Um, so that's one reason why, why, why these businesses fail. Another reason why 50% of businesses fail in the first five years is, you know, 30% of them don't have enough cash. So when you think about when you're starting a business in today's world, you've got to you know that you've got to have enough cash to start as if you don't have sales for six months. Because it takes a while to build a business. And if you don't have that and you haven't planned ahead, you know, that's why 30% of these businesses don't, don't make it is because they run out of money. Uh, you know, another 23% fail uh, because they have poor teamwork or the entrepreneur doesn't communicate. So, you know, with, with one of the th first lessons that entrepreneurs need to learn is that you're not the expert in everything. There are some things that you just don't know about. What are you uh, saying, you know? Mark? <laughs> yeah. So, so you've got to be able to find people and organizations to do things that you can't. You know, uh, you know, taking me for example. You know, I love marketing and merchandising, but I don't like accounting. If you stick me in front of a, a spreadsheet for eight hours, I will go absolutely nuts. So, I've got to find someone who loves accounting, who who really is passionate about that. So you've got to be able to surround yourself as you're an entrepreneur with people that have strengths that you do not have. So because, and you, first of all, you got to admit that you don't have these strengths. That's a tough thing for an entrepreneur to do, but you've got to admit these things. And then once you do that, you've got to do, you've got to be able to, to, to realize that you've got to do that. Then you also have to, you know, entrepreneurs have great ideas in their own heads, but they got to communicate it with, with their staff. They got to communicate with the people that they're doing business with. And so, so that's why, you know, so half of them fail. So step back a second and then say, okay, why then are all of these older people starting businesses? Well, you know, what happens as you get older, that you get older, you know, decade after decade after decade, you get smarter because you make more mistakes and you learn from your mistakes. So you're much smarter today at 50 than you were at 20 because you've screwed up so many more times. Yep. You know, <laughs> and, you know, and you learn from that stuff. And, and that's how you build your business. So I think that's one of the reasons that you're seeing so many older people saying, I can do this. I now have the confidence to do this uh, because I have learned from my mistakes. Oh, yeah. I, I think you nailed it right there. And what you said, it was so important for entrepreneurs too, and, and really of any age, but to know what you're good at, like, I know what I'm good at and I'm damn good at it. I am really good at, I'm the, I'm one of the best at it. Okay. I'm good at that. But like you said, like accounting, like, you know, or, you know, I wouldn't go and work on my car because I 
don't know how to do that. So delegating, and it's sometimes it can be hard because we have, as entrepreneurs, we have this idea that it's just us against the world. You know, we're just going to like work harder and, and no, you need to work smarter. And a lot of times that's knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at. And if you're not good at something to have the ability to delegate and because I don't like it when people say, well, I, I feel like I'm giving up control. You're not. You're always in control of your business, but to delegate it and to do it smartly. I have one client, I have one um, media client who oh, gave the keys to the castle, so to speak, to someone that they hired very inexpensively um, through one of these online things where the person don't know where they're from, don't know where who they are or where they're from, really, but it, they, they were cheap, right? And they gave the keys to the castle for the website for the YouTube channel and, um, and, and all of this stuff. And lo and behold, after having access to that and them doing a little bit of work, they, this, this person wanted a lot more money. And the, my client was like, well, I don't have that kind of money. And they said, well, too bad. And they locked them out of their own website. They, the, the YouTube channel, all the videos were taken down um, Lord knows if they were really malicious, what they could do. But like what I tell all of my clients, when I set them up on certain things too, when I have to set them up on software and things, I'm like, you do it with your name, your email, your password, because you need to be in control of that. Don't give the keys to the castle to someone who you don't know and who might be, who's 10 million miles away from you. Um, because if, if your business relies on a website or relies on a YouTube channel, um, then you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. So it's being smart in your delegation, I would say. Do your research, like you said. Oh, absolutely. You, you're right on with that. Yeah. And um, and also the the idea, too, that we have, we at this point in our life where we have made all those mistakes, that is so important. And I also think for those people who are in, let's say, human resources, who are in charge of bringing on people, hiring uh, people into their businesses, their companies, their organizations. Look at the person who is in their 50s, 60s, heck, 70s. If they're applying, look at those people because they've they've been around the block and they have known what works, what doesn't work. They're not fresh out of, you know, fresh out of the oven going, oh, let me try this, let me try that. They've already kind of been around the block and they know you know, uh, they know, hopefully by that point, they'll know also some people skills, but making those mistakes uh, early in life is really, uh, it's actually very valuable. I always say that, that you have to make a mistake, you have to make those mistakes and mess up in life in order to actually be a success because nobody is perfect. And, and it, you have to learn from those, those instances that you have. Have you had yeah, those, you have know. you had those instances? Have you had some <laughs> some major major uh, life opening moments. Well, you know, you got to take a look at baby boomers today are so much younger than when their parents were. You know, oh, yes. I remember. I remember when, when I was, you know, in, in my my forties, and I was looking at my parents in their sixties. I would say, "Man, they are old. I'm never going to get that old." Well, now that I'm there, I say, "Man, I am young. I, yeah, I got a lot more years left." Uh, so, so I think uh, if you're hiring baby boomers, you're looking at baby boomers, you know, they're just a whole different generation. 
you know, and that's one of the reasons we started babyboomer.org because you've got this whole vital generation that just seems to be, even though they're in their 60s and 70s, they're acting like they're in their 40s and their 50s. Uh, and so, so there's a real opportunity for any entrepreneur to find someone with experience who, you know, they're not going to take over their business when they're 50 or 60 years old. They're there to, to add value. And so that's a, that's a good point that you brought up. And I just had a great idea too. Well, you're, are people able to, um, are people able to like advertise or promote their business on babyboomer.org? Cause it's a great market. I mean, it's, it's my, it's my, that's my market. That is my demographic. Absolutely. I don't have 20 year olds uh, coming to me. They're on the TikToks. They're all good. I've got the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. I have one client who's, oh, he's a blessing. He's 81 years old and he wants to start a podcast. He wants to do a legacy. He wants to have his life story. It's not to make money. It's, it's, it's just for legacy purposes. But my goodness, he's he's brave to take on the technology and everything. But um, yeah, is are there ways for people if they wanted to reach your audience at babyboomer.org? Well, there you go. You just gave us a great idea. Tomorrow, <laughs> there will be ways. <laughs> I'm a motivational multimedia coach. Mark, that's what I do. I think of these things. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. And they all the disposable income because they don't have they don't, they're not spending it all on their kids. Maybe their cats or dogs, but not on, not on, you know, not on the kids at the moment. Well, you know, it, it's fascinating if you actually take a look at the baby boomer generation. You know, these are people that were born between 1946 and 64. So there's 18 years. That's a couple, I, couple I just snuck in there. I'm in 64. I just got oh, yeah. in there. Yeah. You just got yeah. in there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so they're, they're currently between the age of 57 and 75, 76 shortly. But, you know, here in the U.S., there are 71.6 million of them. That's a that's a huge number. That's bigger than most countries, you know. And and they hold fifty one percent of the wealth. So yes, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. They own a lot of the dollars. They they hold seventy percent of the disposable income here in the U.S. So they're the ones out there spending the money. You know, they spent last year five hundred and forty eight billion. That's with a B dollars. Wow. You know, this generation, they spent more than any other generation has spent per transaction ever. Uh, their net worth of baby boomers is $70 trillion. I don't even know what trillion is, but, you know, it's $70 trillion out there. Yeah. They hold $20 trillion of stocks and, and mutual funds. You know, the average baby boomer today spends $63,000 a year. You can't say that from the generations before us. So no. you're absolutely right. This is a very wealthy uh, kind of uh, generation that's got money to spend, money to share, uh, and you know they still want to work. And wealthy, wealthy in all aspects, I believe. Wealthy in in a financially, you know, uh, secure, pretty much. Because yeah, because and they've weathered all kinds of stuff, you know. It's like they've weathered wars, and you know, I mean, I'm not gonna say famine, but my goodness, I mean, the, the stock markets going up and down. Um, yes, war, all that, all that stuff. That's that's just takes such a huge hit out of humanity. But they've weathered through all that. But they also are wealthy in in their knowledge, in in that is something that you cannot, you know. I was trying to say to someone because um, I had a project that I was working on. And for me, it took me maybe 
an hour, two hours to complete this project. And now it's because I have 25 years experience in media uh, behind me that I was able to do that in that time frame. Whereas someone else, it may take them a full day, you know, to do it. But the, those experiences that we have make it so that we can do things in a short, concise manner and not be like all over the place. And that takes, that takes years and years of experience, you know, developing that throughout your lifetime. So yeah, for, if I, I'm, I'm telling, I'm talking to those HR professionals. If you've got somebody that is interested in joining your organization or your company and they are a baby boomer, you better pull them, pull, get them to the top of the list and, and have that conversation with them. Because I think there's so much that they could, they can offer. And there's so I, I much think, that they could offer the world. Yeah. I think what causes a lot of that, I mean, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. The baby boomer generation as is as diverse as any generation that there ever was, you know, as far as politics and religion and, you know, morals and everything. I mean, we are extremely diverse. I mean, our, our parents were diverse, but, you know, our parents are the ones that went through the Depression, that went through World War II, you know, and they became very conservative and they raised us in a pretty conservative kind of uh, atmosphere because they saved the world. I mean, that generation saved the world. Uh, but we're just as diverse as anything that, that this country has ever seen. But the one thing baby boomers have in common is the shared experience that we just went through, or everything that you just talked about over those, you know, those eighteen years that we were the, the, that we were growing up. You know, we have this shared experience. You know, there's all kinds of things that cause this shared experience. Well, the first thing is, you know, when we were growing up, there there were only three television stations. There, yes. There were the, <laughs> yeah. There was there. Everybody had a landline, so we had all this information, kind of all a shared kind of information that, that we grew up with. But you know, we were there here in the U.S. for, for both of the Kennedy assassinations. You know, when Martin Luther King was assassinated, those are all shared experiences. We landing on the moon. I mean, we were there. We were the kids that were growing up when the landing of the moon. You know, we were here when birth control became very widespread. I mean, that was our generation that that, that, that helped make that happen. We were here from Vietnam, whether it was good or bad. You know, we were there. We were right in the middle of it. You know, we were here at uh, Kent State when we lost four people uh, because of Vietnam. We were here for the riots in the streets. But what we have all in common is music. Think about the music. I mean, we have Elvis and the Beach Boys and the Beatles and Three Dog Night. And, you know, we've got the Supremes and, uh, you know, we've got all of the great songs that we all have in common. That You know, you put the music on, we all we all have to start to dance. You know, we, we share that experience. We share the movie experience. You know, we had Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. We had Jaws and all the Spielberg movies. We had Animal House, Star Wars, The Godfathers. So we had all those shared experiences that kind of bring us together. And I'll say this. We did, when you talked about the music too, we had the best music. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, you cannot, no, 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 nobody can argue the point, but we had, we had soul music. We had R and B, we had Motown, we had Al Green, we had Marvin Gaye, we had Aretha Franklin. We had all of that. And, and I try today because I'll go, because I don't want to be like my grandmother, you know, back in my day, <laughs> but, but I like, I'm, I'm finding myself do that. I'm like, I'm trying to listen to like stuff now. And I'm like, 
it's all synthesized and the lyrics are all weird. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, we did, we had the best music. I just recently had my 58th birthday and I, all I wanted to do was dance. Cause when I was little, that's what my mom, you know, she would, she would take me to this. We had a, in Los Angeles, we had a, a discotheque for kids. This is so LA. It was a, a discotheque for kids. So on a Saturday morning, you could bring your children and they could dance in a, in a disco with the ball, disco ball and the great music and everything. And that's all I loved doing that. And so that's what I wanted to do for my birthday. So we just, we got a Spotify list together and played all the greats, the Jackson five, you know, all that great, great music. And it did, it brought back a lot of memories for me and for my friends because they were like, oh, I love this song. I was like, I know we, we had great music back then as well. And you're right. We, we lived through, you know, I came in cause I was born in 64. So I came in to, and I think even though I was a baby, the, there was a, a general feeling that especially in America that with all the tragedy with, with, with the Kennedy assassination, Kennedy's assassination, I mean, geez, both Bobby and, and, and our president, John F. Kennedy um, and Martin and Malcolm. And there was so much, there was the, the racism that was happening, right? There was also the birth of the feminist movement or the women's movement, um, that came along with birth control and and entry into the workforce more and more, but there was a there was a bit of a sadness um, I noticed when I came into this planet. There was a bit of sadness, and I think that was partly because of those shocks that that those on on a global scale, right? But um, so many people were taken, um, and and leaders and people that 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 a lot of Americans looked up to as well. You know, the interesting thing you brought up earlier is experiences with your parents and your grandparents. You know, and, and if you think about it, we all have memories of our grandparents. And you think about how did they influence us? And again, the, the, the grandparents, you know, they, they came through difficult with the Depression and World War II. You know, what, what did they leave with us? What are the great memories that we have? Uh, you know, and it's up to us as baby boomers ourselves is to help create those memories for the greatest generation coming up today. Yeah, I am totally convinced that these kids that are one to 10 years old today are going to become the greatest generation this world has ever known. I mean, when you think about it, you know, as soon as they come out of the womb, they're on the internet. They got their own iPhones. They got their, you know, they, they, they are exposed to all kinds of electronic things. And when they're one, two, three, four years old, I mean, I didn't get on the internet until I was 40 years old. So, you know, it's a whole different world coming up here. So we, as baby boomers, who are many of us grandparents, and a lot of us still parents, uh, you know, we have to influence this greatest generation and, teach them again going back to we've got all this knowledge because we, we we failed so many times you know teach them how about life beyond just uh, the, what's on the internet you know we've got to be able to balance that and it's important for us as as baby boomers and grandparents to get involved now with these kids oh i so agree with you experiences because as, as my childhood my whole childhood is so much as my grandmother so much of my my those beautiful moments was with my grandmother and they weren't moments on the internet you know uh they were you know little trips driving out to you know 
Arizona or just seeing, just playing a, a, a sporting game and then looking up and seeing my grandmother there. But just all those things, those experiences that, that my grandmother gave me. And you know what, too, the, uh, for us baby boomers, we learned from our grandparents much more than I think in any generation, because as at that time, a lot of times both parents, or if you had, I, I had a, my parents divorced. So uh, if you're a single parent, you know, you're working, you got to take care of the bills. You got to pay, you know, get the, get the food on the table. So the grandparent would be a lot of times the one that would be taking care or looking after the, the children. Right. And for me, that bond that I had with my grandmother, it was so strong that I learned from her and she was one of these people too, that it, she was an Aries. And so she could get really angry, <laughs> but, but it was like, she, she'd blow up and then it would be done. It'd be done. It would be over. And, but her resilience, her resilience is what I admired. And I believe that I picked that from her. I got that. I, I, that was my inheritance. She didn't have any money, but I, I got that resilience of if something goes wrong, okay, all right, well, let's try again or let's try something else. And she never got knocked down long enough, even after losing children and all kinds of different tragedies and things like that. Um, and you're right. She went through the depression. You know, that was a tough time for, for, um, for America as well. But um, I think I, I just I look back very fondly. Did you, did you have a wonderful relationship with a grandparent? Yeah, I was very lucky. Uh, my grandmother lived a couple blocks away. My Me too. The street. <laughs> yes. yeah. Did you ride your bike to her to her house or yeah. walk their house? Yeah. You know, a whole different generation. I mean, because my, today my kids, I got two grandkids here in Arizona. I've got two in Texas and I got two in Orlando, Florida. So, you know, it's a whole different way of raising kids. But, you know, we, we talked about the great things of the baby boomer generation, but there really is an underbelly that, that I'm real concerned about. And that is that 30% of grandparents today are classified as remote. In other words, they're not involved in their kids bringing up and growing up. You know, that means that one out of every three of us, you know, they're, they're just not involved. I mean, you know, they may show up for a birthday or they may go for Christmas, but but they just really don't care. They, they figure, well, you know, I'm a baby boomer. I raise my kids. Uh, I raise great kids. Let them take care. I got to go play pickleball. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's all kinds of reasons. I mean, but a lot of that, so that means one out of every three of us. I mean, th th that's a big number. That's That's something that somehow we got to fix that. Because, you know, with with COVID and everything else that's happening, we're dying faster. You know, we're not around as long as we used to be. Uh, and so we've got to get more involved. Now, a lot of that is caused by us as 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 the grandparents. In other words, there's all kinds of reasons why we may not be involved with our kids, uh, grandkids growing up. One reason is we may not have liked the spouse that our kid married. Okay, that causes strife. You know, right. that, I mean, you know, we may be giving our kids unsolicited advice, you know, and they say, hey, you know, you taught me well, I'll be the boss here. You don't have to be the boss here. You know, we, we may be doing that. We may show up at their house unannounced, you know, and the kids don't like that. You know, they, they don't like those grandparents involved. But, you know, undermining our, the, the, our children's authority with their kids is causing problems between our generation and the younger generation. Uh, tendency for us to play favorites. 
And then, you know, I've got six grandkids. You know, I have a favorite, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell them. I'm not even going to tell my wife. You know, you know, it's because it's you, you can't play those favorites. Uh, you know, we, we manipulate these little kids. That causes problems. You know, we may not have the empathy that it takes to raise a three and four year old. Yeah, you know, so that causes problems. You know, so so grandparents, we may we may demand kids to do this. To, uh, we 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 may we may buy them with vacations and money. Uh, so we are the ones causing a lot of that problem, uh, and we as a generation have to wake up to that. And we've got to get more involved in the raising of this greatest generation that's coming up. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. I love that. Oh, what a, what a great way to wrap up this this show i love that uh, so that's a good call out for for people if you do have uh, grandkids to um to see about how you can make an impact because i would love to i would love to one day have you know have grandkids where they look at me and the same way that i looked at my grandmother and gain you know knowledge and wisdom and also forgiveness as well, because my grandma, everybody's got shortcomings. And um, when you when you have someone who takes care of you all the time, you get to see everything about them. <laughs> and you, you go, OK, grandma, uh, I'll forgive you for that. But it's it's so important. I think it is. I think it's really, really important because it's it's a it's a unique relationship that the baby boomer generation can have with this next generation, which my guest, Mark Joseph says, is the greatest generation. So we will see, <laughs> we will see. Mark, um, how can people find out more um, about the Baby Boomer generation and more about your website? Where should they go? So easily, just go to babyboomer.org. Uh, you can come onto the site and see all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, I've, I've written a couple books. My children's book is I Don't Want to Turn Three. Oh. <laughs> and they can find that on uh, on GrampsJeffrey.com. We've got that, or any uh, it's on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, that other hundred sites out of that. Uh, my my first book that I wrote was the, a business book called "The Secrets of Retailing: How to Beat Walmart," and that's available on uh, Amazon and so forth too. So, you know, any of those ways to find us, just come to BabyBoomer.org because we want you to be part of the conversation. Get over there, join them, join them, and and uh, and say hi to Mark if you. Uh, if you caught this show on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, make sure that you say hi to Mark and say that you heard him on out of the box with Christine. That would be awesome. Thanks again, Mark so much um, for reiterating to me how awesome our generation is <laughs> the baby boomers. Thank you so much. And folks, again, you can find out more by going to babyboomer.org. That's babyboomer.org. A link will be in the show notes for you. And I want to say thank you as well for tuning in today. If you want more information about the show, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com. And if you want more information about me, go to christineblasdale.com. Again, all those links will be in the show notes. If you enjoyed this and if you think someone else could enjoy this, one of your friends, one of your family members, share it with them. Share this program with them so that they can also hear my beautiful guest, Mark Joseph. All right. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you, wonderful listeners and viewers on YouTube. And as I always say, remember to think outside of that damn box. Bye for now.